0: The beauty of having everybody in Figma who's writing and and reviewing is that it is much higher fidelity and you don't have to have these iterations once it goes into development where, oh, actually that thing you wrote just doesn't fit here anymore. This is Writers in Tech a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. The UX Writing Hub is an online education platform for writers in tech. We have the UX Writing Academy, which is the first and only UX writing and content design food camp in the world. So if you're interested to get into UX writing, Check out UXWritingHub.com, check out UXWriting Academy, or our weekly newsletter, our blog, and all of the amazing content that we produce for free for you. Check it out. Today, I have a fantastic guest. Her name is May Habib, and I'm super excited to have her. May is the founder of Writer, which is an app that we're going to talk about few more minutes uh, helping many, many companies today uh, to help their writing processes using the power of artificial intelligence. May, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm wonderful. Thinking about our team members and partners in the Ukraine, but otherwise, otherwise all good. Puts it all in perspective.
1: Right. So, yeah. And, and some context to our uh, listeners right now. So today like, is the 24th of February, so it's like a weird day for the world. I uh, hope everyone right now that is listening to us are safe and sound. And hope that your team is going to be in a better place soon. Um, and thank you, May, for joining us today. Thank you, Yuval. May, so uh, tell me li- a little bit about uh, your journey in tech and as a founder, building tools for writers in tech.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess we've been building tools for writers in, in some way or other for the whole entrepreneurial journey that my co-founder and I have had. And with with Writer, uh, it's actually the first time that we have gone straight to uh, the folks actually put in a word, put in the words on a page as it were. And it has been so extraordinary to really get to know the community, whether they are knowledge-based writers, support writers, content strategists, content designers, UX writers. Everyone is really at the top of their game uh, in so many ways, choosing words that really, really impact the business, uh, drive users to action. Uh, folks are more strategic than they've ever been. And yet we still are kind of in the same place where, you know, overall leadership doesn't, doesn't really understand the power that words can have to drive business objectives. So it's it's an interesting time, I think, for the field kind of broadly, uh, broadly defined. Uh, the people within Tech companies who care most about the words, whether they sit on a product team, a marketing team, a support team, knowing that their work is so strategic, but really lacking um, a vocabulary to describe the, the the quantifiable impact that their jobs and roles have on the business. It's it's an interesting time for the industry. So yeah, it's it's been a fun a fun journey in in getting to this point. Um, and I feel like I've grown up with the industry uh, as an entrepreneur, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense for sure. And I know that uh, many, many teams right now are building their own, some call it content style guides or some call it content design systems, which is the kind of like product teams take for a brand book, only for a digital product. Yeah. Um, and I want to know like your take on that. So what would be in your opinion, best practices for like, I know that you're working closely. I don't know if I can mention your clients right now, but I know that you're working yeah. closely to oh, it's like Twitter and Pinterest, right? Like yep. uh, really big tech companies and, and product teams. And they use writer to kind of build their own kind of style guide. So based on the experience and what you know today and, and your angle, what would be like best practices to create this kind of guidelines so product yeah. could have an alignment in their conversations with their yeah. users?
0: Yeah. Think about writer as really uh, two two sets of functionality. There is the style guide documentation piece. So how you set up writer for writing style and word lists and terminology and your most used content snippets. And then there is the end user experience. So the Chrome extension, the Figma plugin, uh, reporting the, the end user experience that the folks who are setting up the system want to uh, kind of scale throughout uh, via these these writers, whether they're writers or, or folks who are writing for their jobs. They, they want the goal of the content strategist, the person owning the systemization is to really enable them to do good writing on their own. And so mm-hmm. the best practice for, for setting up the system really depends on where the team is. I have been really surprised $50 billion companies where there isn't a style guide. And then there are 200 person companies where there is. And just the, the amount of scale, professionalism, uh, speed to market when you do have things written down and, and systemized, even if it's it's in a, in a static style guide, it's just extraordinary. Just more people can do more things in a higher quality. And so if you are in the bucket, the first bucket of you don't have a style guide, then you can work with us and, and our support team and our CS team to really use the writer product to define those rules, whether it's grade level and what the best practice is for your industry to what terms for accessibility should I have in my term bank to you know how do I build a library of the CTAs that I've approved for everybody. And so we can really do a lot of that, and, and think about then Writer kind of almost being a tool for for best practices for content design systems and, and content style guides for for non product use as well. Um, and we are this is this is early, but would love uh, folks listening um, to email us if they're interested in, in contributing. But we are doing a a templates library that our customers and our community is is contributing. So you'll be able to very soon, kind of very quickly. Build um, a very deep style guide and writer, even if you're you're starting from from scratch. And then if you are like some of our, our customers, Squarespace, Pinterest, Accenture, Intuit, Twitter, where you know you have your shit together, <laughs> um, and what you're trying to do is really operationalize your guidelines, then we can we can help. It's very the product is very self service, uh, but if you've already got you know, lists of terms. We've got bulk uploads rules. If you already have a bunch of snippets and kind of canned response libraries, we can import those for you. So we've got teams that are, you know, taking 200 pages of style guides and getting them into writer in one day. And then your end users basically have that at their fingertips while they're writing. So those are, those are the, the kind of two approaches and, and best practices really depend on the starting point. What we tend to see is in both cases, best practice being folks who uh, have the guidelines in their head or written down being the folks setting up writer for the first week or two. You're in there, you're poking your head around, you're building some basic rules, basic things. Um, and then you're 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 sharing the Chrome extension with a few people that you trust to, to check it out and try it out. And then from there, engaging writer to, to plan a, a larger rollout. So You know, a lot of the customers we mentioned, we have hundreds of users, but they started off with you know teams of ten or twenty in an evaluation during a trial. The product is free, so um, and then the team product uh, we have a free thirty-day trial, so folks are uh, highly encouraged to try it out for for themselves, Um, and then we can step in and help uh, if people need a little bit more uh, guidance on how to take you know two hundred pages of style guides and get those into Writer, or they're starting from scratch and would like us to help them implement some new some new guidelines for the company
1: sounds pretty amazing so let's say that i'm working in the product team right now of this company we have 200 page of content style guide one of our biggest challenges right now is that people in the company would actually follow the guideline so how do writers solve that issue where like it make the content accessible for everyone in the product
0: team so the, the the best way is to honestly set up, you know, mycompany.styleguide.com and drop it in a Slack channel. <laughs> so set it up in Writer. You know, we can help get the 200 pages into Writer, and then we give you a URL for all of for all of the guidelines, publicly accessible. You can put a password on it. You can host it behind an SSO login. Lots of customers do that. And then all of the guidelines are in one place. So that is the easiest way. And then folks kind of self-serve, like, actually, can I also have the plugin or I'd love a Figma license. Can I do that? It's free for anyone to access, you know, twitter.styleguide.com, intuit.styleguide.com, and And so you can really kind of galvanize support uh, that way.
1: So the database of my style guide is actually integrated with Figma and then I could use it in my Figma design.
0: Exactly. How does
1: it work exactly?
0: Yeah, so we've got uh, a Chrome extension that is a a sidebar that kind of lives alongside various apps and underlines things while you're writing in Chrome. In Figma, it works really similarly. So if you head over to Figma Community and just literally type in Writer, they feature us a lot. So we might be on that page when you go to Community. It's in beta as of two weeks ago, and we've got... Almost 9,000 users there. Yeah, definitely feeling the the need from the, from the market. So many more people are writing longer form content in Figma. And so, you know, we expected it to be mostly designers, especially since, you know, um, we haven't done any publicity on it yet. We will be soon. But uh, it's, been, it's been amazing. so many marketers are actually laying out landing pages and laying out product sites, which probably shouldn't have been so surprising because like we, we literally do all of our marketing in figma like we're writing emails in figma. And so when you when you're doing that, you don't, you don't have an editor. You don't even know when you're spe- making spelling mistakes. And so the writer plugin, which to anybody who's a designer listening uh, is familiar with and, and UX writers tend to be familiar with the plugin ecosystem too. When you load up a plugin, it just kind of shows up um, in your Figma app over to the side and will let you know when you run it on a, on a frame or a component, if there are errors in the writing tied to your style guide. And so it's amazing to catch certainly grammar and spelling mistakes, but terminology mistakes, uh, things that aren't as clear, uh, the use of passive voice. If you don't have folks who are trained writers, the writing interface, like it is so easy to get passive voice error messages and all sorts of things that are that are not great um, user experience. Uh, and then accessibility is also a big, a big problem people are solving for with the with the Figma plugin, making sure people are using the right verbiage within the within the interfaces, the right action language. And so you know across kind of the the medium and long form writing to the interface writing, all sorts of great reasons to be checking content for. Consistency and, and for impact, as well as for correctness.
1: Sounds amazing. Um, so basically, you have a content style guide. It's connected to some kind of a database that is operated by the content style guide team, and then, and then you could use it in your Figma because it's integrated with it in the Figma plugin. That sounds
0: exactly. pretty awesome. And by the way, people are writing interface everywhere, and so. You you want you want a tool that can check against the same guidelines, regardless of whether you're laying out some copy in a Jira ticket, or in a Confluence doc, or a G doc, or, or Figma. And so, what we didn't want to do is just kind of have this prescribed workflow that everybody had to ascribe to, because this is a creative process and these are creative people. And so, you want to be able to really be where the where the writing is happening, versus be overly opinionated on what the workflow should be or what the hand o- handoff should be between writers and and designers because it really I mean it, it so varies we've seen design teams 500 designers that don't use frames <laughs> like a simple example and mm-hmm. then design teams of 500 people who have like the most perfectly organized Figma files you know so it really is so culture specific what a workflow is like how people organize writing for a product interface so especially in the ux world being opinionated as a tool just does not pay <laughs> so you know that that was kind of an important early uh, market feedback for us
1: and you told me you, you said something earlier about uh, even people using figma to write emails and stuff like that so what are you how, which, based on your experience, based on your clients, how people use Figma to kind of work with their like copy management these days?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I mean, we this, the, all of this comes out from just talking to users. So Writer is an AI writing assistant where privacy is a a big feature. So we don't save any customer data. Uh, it's a big differentiator against the Grammarly's of the world. We are world-class at synthetic data creation. And so, you know, build our own training and evaluation data models for, for the machine learning that we do versus using uh, customer data, even for free plans. So all of this is, is feedback from just simply picking up Zoom, I guess, no one picks up the phone, truly, and, and chatting with users, looking at their Figma files and, and just seeing what they're doing. I think the the fastest pickup is in, within marketing teams. So, you know, people, even now, the vast majority of the interaction between a product marketer, a product manager, a designer and a head of marketing or a head of brand, when you're updating your homepage, like people are doing that in PowerPoint. Like I have seen people in sheets in PowerPoint, Google uh, slides rather in PowerPoint, like change the proportions to be like ridiculously elongated so that you can have commenting and like people writing and all of this stuff in there. And so of course the design is not high fidelity um, because then the designer will move into Figma. The beauty of having everybody in Figma who's writing and, and reviewing is that it is much higher fidelity and you don't have to have these iterations once it goes into development where, oh, actually that thing you wrote just doesn't fit here anymore. And I've seen, I'm sure you've seen it too on LinkedIn. I love the writing community on LinkedIn. It's just, I chuckle every time I open LinkedIn multiple times. But you've seen a lot of probably, you know, what comes first is a canonical question, the words or the design. And I never pipe in on these conversations because the reality is that the most creative work, it is an iterative process. you The idea is what comes first, truly. But the idea and the, and the creative nut of the idea is, is itself best produced or stumbled upon through collaboration. And so to do that in a non like assembly line way, right? This like handoff of like, let's start in a G doc, right? We're going to build a table and then that's going to go into a a slide format. And then the designer will take that into Figma and then, oh, we need to update the copy. Let's go back to the G doc and update there. Then the designer flows it into Figma. All right, now we got to get it to the developer and oh shit, none of this shit fits anymore. That is like not a good way to live. (laughs) And I feel like Figma, I know I've seen this firsthand, has really made that made that easier. But then, of course, it is so much harder to edit the work as as you go along. Um, and that's that's really the insight that led us to the Figma plugin and to invest there. And, and, you know, it's a big part of the roadmap on an ongoing basis, not just the UX writing, uh, but really long form writing. I think we probably would have still built the Figma plugin even just for UX writers, but us really knowing that so much of long form writing was actually going into Figma, you know, we just kind of went all in and, and have a beautiful plugin now.
1: Sounds very interesting. <laughs> and like I guess many people would like to pick it up now. and. Let's talk a little bit about AI, like people these days, uh, you know, you have all of the GPT-3 going on by, by um, I think their name is OpenAI, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, AI tools that create, that generate like art, that generate words, that generate mm. stuff. And the level mm. we see AI today is, is kind of wild. It, it, I don't see it as like repre- replacing humans today. But many people are like for years now are having a lot of anxieties around robots taking over. So Mm. what's, what's your take on the future of AI and writers that think that, you know, all of these AI tools replace them at some point.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, as someone who literally is in all of these tools hours a day and i swear like i will even for our marketing stuff i'm very involved in marketing So if you're listening and want a job in marketing please hit me up the marketing hiring market is in, is really nuts you all just as a sidebar like basically can you put an email together like <laughs> you have a job <laughs> yeah. um anyway so there's just like no way no way that we are anywhere close to the off the shelf Models, um, which you know, everyone, everything that is on the market today on the language generation piece is at best one layer of rules on top of like just the very broad based API um, of of GPT three or J or whatever folks are using, and and those are incredible models. The OpenAI team, I have so much respect for that team. It's it's really a, a killer team, um, and they're improving so much so much faster than um, than than we thought the, the team would move, but. Even with all of that, right, the likelihood that you get something on the first 10 tries that you're going to use verbatim are near zero, unless it is a headline or an email subject line or header or subhead for a blog. Everything else will need to be edited. And the juice being worth the squeeze is going to be highly dependent on what you're writing, who you are and who you're writing it for. <laughs> Our approach, and we can talk about this on future podcasts, Yuval, is, is actually models on top of models. And we can talk about it, you know, as, as we get closer to, to those features being live. But it is um, just a lot more customization. And, and think about it just like in a non-technical way. This is a model that can produce a fucking image. <laughs> like that same model, how can it be, good enough to write the intro paragraph of your blog post. It's going to be good enough to give you an idea. Right. And from there you can edit, but the, 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 the likelihood that that is actually an accelerant to your workflow has a lot to do with your own native, just writing ability and and creativity. So, you know, it is definitely not at this stage out of the box, a solution that people who are writers for a living think is great. I don't write for a living, but I do a lot of writing and, you know, I'm always trying to speed things up and I don't think (laughs) it speeds up my map. So I I think the future is models over models where you have the the generative decoders kind of sitting underneath, you know, more quote unquote, traditional encoders. And they can be transformer models too, but they are uh, doing much more specific kind of BERT like tasks than um, than what we were than, than what we get with the the generative models.
1: All right, all right. So I'm convinced. AI is not going to <laughs> replace us this year, next year, or even in the next few years. Yeah. But the question that I have is as UX writers, product designers, content designers, people that are in charge of creating digital experiences, what kind of challenges do you think we're going to have? Like five years down the road like i don't feel like this device i'm holding a phone right now is what's going to hold most of digital interactions and how can we plan ahead Mm, for that mm -hmm. As like writers looking at the future
0: oh such a good question such a good question mm -hmm. i think what what writers are the best at is the artistry of knowing what words matter and when you go through all of the effort to understand what words have impact, then consistency is the number one way to actually get the results. And if if writers, no matter what team they sit on or, or, you know, what they're part of the product uh, they're trying to impact, if that's the flag they're waving, then they are always going to be incredibly key members of a team, whether you are envisioning like interfaces in a metaverse type of um, environment or like, you know, old school website writing. It is words to an audience and just the writers, the writers embody the heart and soul of, of the user and, and they, they use that to come up with language. And that's just never going to be automated, just never will be. The consistency piece might be right, and guess what? Like consistency of something that's shit is a shitty output, and so you know, quality input is what is required for anything that's helping you on on the on the on the consistency side, and then the scale and the enablement side. So yeah, it's it's so fun, and you know, like it is really exciting to be working in tech where your early customers are. Our early adopters are innovators, right? Like nobody wakes up and says, okay, today I'm going to buy an AI writing tool for my company because, you know, I budgeted it for it. And like, you know, let's choose one. This is still a very evangelical thing. Like there are teams that don't even have their taxonomy written down in a Google sheet, like what we call stuff, what we capitalize, what we don't like, you know. So sometimes I feel like I am talking to people who are years ahead of their peers, that some of the customers you mentioned. But I hope people catch up very quickly once they see that, you know, these folks are producing four times the amount of content a year and with half the people and it's better. So, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I got kind of passionate about that. I think there <laughs> is a an ever elevated position on teams and in companies. And, you know, that visibility and elevation comes with, not just more prestige, but more equity, more cash, um, to people who can understand what users want and translate that into language that impacts and uh, activates and converts. Uh, that's not going away, and it's not getting automated.
1: Amazing, such a great answer. And if you had to kind of uh, bet on like what kind of interfaces people are going to to see, are you like you? Is uh, your bet is on uh, this type of metaverse, or more kind of like a mixed reality kind of thing, or maybe something completely? I don't different? know. Maybe- I feel like
0: the yeah, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask on futuristic stuff because I, you know, yeah. I barely use my Kindle. I prefer physical books. I throw up on roller coasters. Like I cannot get into headset <laughs> for the life of me. <laughs>
1: I was trying. I, you know, I, I bought the <laughs> Oculus. I bought the Oculus Rift, the yeah. Oculus Quest, whatever their name, and I sold them after yeah. two days because I got so no fancy. Yeah. yeah, two days. That's it.
0: My co-founder has a lot of these different sets. He can be gaming on them for an hour a day, but I'm with you. I can't be in there for a minute.
1: I'm not. I'm not, I'm not putting my bet on the metaverse. To be honest, myself, I feel like uh, the future is a bit more mixed. Like people, I know that there are some companies that going towards the idea of like making your environment more kind of digital with some kind of, uh, I don't know, glasses or whatever. But I feel like people would still want to go outside. Nobody would like to get maybe 100% detached from reality. At least I don't. Anyway, that's... uh, Yeah, I agree. Nobody knows the answer. Nobody knows the answer. But uh, I hear you. And what kind of books have you read lately, by the way? like physical books
0: oh <laughs> yeah physical books i'm reading the every by dave eggers right now jared matt waxman at oauth suggested it recommended it it's it's really really good it is about kind of a google-like entity in the near future he wrote this post like he wrote it after like after covid 19 so he talks about mm-hmm. the pandemics plural you know being in the recent past which i love hopefully you know <laughs> he's not being too prescient there but yeah, it's excellent. It's about, uh, I won't give away too much, but... Okay. A woman who is basically a revolutionary trying to, you know, trying to change the status quo and kind of like bring this monopoly down. <laughs> it's excellent. Oh, it's so nice. funny. I haven't laughed nice. like this in a while.
1: Sounds amazing. Uh, so it, the name is Every?
0: Uh, the Every. The Every. The Every. Sounds yeah. Good. And then I, uh, I'm i going to order Beth Dunn's new book on content strategy or content design, mm. rather, which I'm really excited about. That was a recommendation from Christina Halverson. I read Tori's book a few weeks ago. Uh, that was nice. great. Yeah, so I've been actually reading a lot on strategy and design in and, and the content space and, and rereading uh, stuff. So That's yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd.
1: <laughs> it's good, it's good. I, uh, I'm also trying to, to be an, a book nerd lately. And b- by the way, like... What's your favorite entrepreneurship book like in general?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I have a new one. Mm-hmm. It is Frank Smutman's book, Amp It Up. He's the CEO of Snowflake and previously was at ServiceNow. It's so mm-hmm. good. I actually sent it to everyone on our team. <laughs>
1: really?
0: It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone it have
1: that kind of book. That kind of book. Yes. Too, where you just yes. want to send it to every person you know.
0: You want to say totally. Yeah. What is yours?
1: So that's a good question. I I was thinking about it while I was asking it. I think Skin (laughs) in the Game. Skin in the Game.
0: Oh, Skin in the Game. Let me look that up. Are you
1: familiar with it? I forgot the name of the author, but it's about like... Oh, uh, it's
0: Taleb. Fellow Lebanese. Ooh, okay. This is a good one. I love this kind of stuff. I hadn't heard about this one. I will order it.
1: That's an amazing book about like uh, asymmetric relationships Mm -hmm. in nature and in business and in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was really a game game changer for me to kind of look different on different transactions I have with
0: Mm. every
1: relationship that I have in life. If it's like Mm -hmm. personal, my like romance or even Mm -hmm. business. So it's a good, that's my favorite book right now. I want everyone to read it. So Skin in the Game is Mm -hmm. a good one.
0: Yeah, that was great. What
1: else? What else? What else? Yeah, check it out. I like the idea
0: of, of leverage, you know, like it is, it is really hard to internalize what leverage means in kind of non-linear scenarios. And especially in the, the startup world, I felt like in the Frank Amp It Up book, it's expressed as this war against non-incrementalism. You know, like, can you think about never doing the thing that is easy and like more predictable an outcome, but actually doing the thing that is way more risky, but where the payoff is just you know, off the charts. So I feel mm-hmm. like that is skin in the game. Sounds like along those lines. So this is good it's timing good for one. me.
1: Yeah. Another one that is like too common in the in the groups of all of the tech bros, but I like it anyway. It's uh, Naval Almanac. Are you familiar with that one?
0: So I went on a deep, like, rabbit hole of some of uh, his writings, and I think I did read that. Is it a PDF online?
1: It's like, this guy don't believe in uh, selling content. He gave everything for free. And this is just one of his fans curated all of his writing into a, a shape of a book, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's called the Naval yes. Almanac. I and there is read another. that. That's dude. excellent. It's amazing. I sent that to my another. sister. <laughs> really? It's a good one. It's, yeah. it's pretty short. Yeah. I recommend to check it out.
0: Yes.
1: And there is another dude... His name is Akira de Don, and he invented new type of music named Meaning Wave. So basically he took mm. the wave type of How tracks, cool. and, he, and he mixed Naval quotes and he created like tracks on Spotify and YouTube with Naval. Oh no quotes. way. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh that's so I'm, interesting.
0: Uh, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will check, I will send it to you if you want. Um so I met him once. He seems interesting.
0: Really? Yeah, and then okay. I see him on Union Street walking with his son sometimes.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. He's like a legend. Seems fun. So, (laughs) very cool.
0: Yeah, wise.
1: Definitely. Uh, Talks a lot about crypto and stuff way before it was cool. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we got a bit off topic, but I'm always fun with you to do that,
0: Yuval.
1: Yeah, it was interesting, you know? What a great call, mate! It was amazing. I had a lot of fun chatting with Me you today. Me too.
0: Yeah, now always fun good time check time to
1: check in. Always, always. Uh, looking forward. To what's going? What, what else you're going to come up with soon? Because it looks like there are some great stuff you and your team are currently working on. And Thank you. Now it's time to to name this book. Uh, to name this. Sorry. To name this episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um And we talked about many different things. I think AI should definitely be in the headline of this episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, what do you think? How should we name it?
0: It's not like it's not titillating to be like writers in tech, like tie your work to business value.
1: (laughs) But that's kind of what I I want to call
0: this episode.
1: I, I, I would be more like keep your writing consistent using AI, something like that because maybe that was the mm-hmm.
0: scale writers scale your impact with ai
1: scale your impact scale your writing impact with ai maybe like that we'll figure it out we'll, I, think we okay. I think we have enough i think we have enough i think that yeah i think
0: you got the right ideas <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah amazing all right awesome. let's say these people want to chat reach out find you what where would be the best place to do that
0: Yeah, I am just may at writer.com. If you want to get anyone else on the team, drop a line to hello at writer.com and check out the Figma plugin. Uh, It's in the community. You can also find the link on our website. If you go to writer.com and under product, um, go to the Figma plugin. And yeah, love your audience and would so uh, enjoy helping UX writers make like real contributions on on their product team because what they're doing is so, so important.
1: Amazing. And also if you're into marketing, so reach out to May. They're looking for marketing people as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, we're trying to make seven hires in the next two quarters, this quarter and next quarter and on the marketing team. So community, Sounds content, good. life cycle. Yes, everything.
1: Perfect. Thank you, everyone. First of all, thank you, May, for joining us for this episode. It was Thanks, amazing. Yubo.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. For sure. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Writers in Tech. That was brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. I really want to, to encourage you to check our website. We have a weekly newsletter going to our inbox every week. We invest a lot of efforts to make it on point and to make it nice, readable, scannable and give you all of the latest updates about what's going on in this industry and also check our UX Writing Academy. In case you want to get into this field and become UX writers and content designers, and you want to work with a mentor and by the end of the program to work on a real industry project as interns, I definitely recommend you to check the UX Writing Academy. I invest of, all of, most of my energy these days in our students to make sure that they actually find a job by the end of the program. That's what I care about. That's what I'm doing. So, uh, check it out. And if not, just play the word, you know. That's about it. See you in the next episode. Bye.
0: This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well kept industry secrets.